Welcome back, everybody, to the Boiler Point Podcast. It's been a while, but we're back at it again, like a rerun. Shout out to Long Beach Griffin. No, I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> today we're going to be talking about family dynamics. Oof. And we have Michael, Deja, Matthew, a new special guest, and Brianna. So what's up to the people, guys? How are we doing today? What's up? What's up? <laughs> Hi. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, of course. Um, just do a little introduction in case other people haven't listened to the other episodes. So how are we doing today? Tell us a little bit about yourselves. Um, so, yeah, my name is Michael. Um, I'm a regular here, I guess. Um, um, I currently go to the same college as Layla and everybody else here. Well, so the global skill, in case you guys don't know. Um, I'm a culinary hospitality major. I'm in my senior year right now. And I guess things I like to do for fun is work out and skateboard or something. Yeah. So, hi, uh, my name is Deja. Um, I'm back again. Um, I feel like a regular now, too. Um, I also go to CD School, like Michael said, and I'm studying culinary arts and hospitality management. And um, for fun, I like to collect Crocs, um, the shoes. Yeah, I know. I'm up to number 16, so not a lot, but. That's a goal I want to accomplish. Um, hey, everyone. I'm Bree, Brianna. I am a canine training and management major, and I am currently a junior, and I guess some things I like for fun, right about now, sleeping, because I'm so a little tired, but we're here, and we're ready. Um, so my name's Matt, um, long-time listener, first-time guest on the Boiling um, podcast. Um, I am a social sciences and humanities major, um, but I will be switching to nonprofit business management. And I guess one of the things I like to do for fun is play sports and listen to music. Dope, dope, dope. It's good to have y'all back. And you met for the first time. Welcome. It's Layla, your host. You know me. Been here, done that. So, (laughs) like I said before, we're going to be talking about family dynamics. Now, what does that mean? Where do you fit in your family? Pretty self-explanatory, right? So, I guess the first question or prompt I have for you all is, how would you describe your family? Just a little synopsis about your family and where you fit into that. Um, my main family um, is four of us in one household. Um, my mom, you know, the leader of the pack, the one who gets shit done, and um make sure that there's food on the table, you know, clothes on our back and a place for us to stay. Um, my older brother, yeah. And then my, <laughs> my little sister, my little princess, she's growing up. Um, she's becoming a little adult. Um, and then, you know, me. Um, I think how we originally started, it was kind of like my older brother was the one that was getting everything done for us. And I guess kind of as the years progressed, um it started with us kind of being like whole and then I felt kind of like separated from my family because I feel like in a family there there kind of has to be like that one person that kind of just gets the brunt of it it's not it's not a it's not a good thing but like that tends to just happen in most families 
um, I was the one that kind of got the brunt of it. And because of that, I'm very like independent and um, distant from them. I love them from afar though. Um, I can't be around them for too long. Um, and I think because I was pretty distant, I ended up taking the spot of my older brother. Um, so a lot of the time, a lot of the time my mom comes to me to kind of like lead my other siblings or to be the person that kind of like drops knowledge on everybody else in the family. I'm the one that kind of has the difficult conversations that everyone else is scared to have. I'm the one that kind of like rallies everyone together. Um, yeah, that's my family dynamic. Thanks for that, Mike, you know, families, right? Such a great time. Anybody else want to tell us a little bit about their family? Um, so my family is relatively, I guess you would say normal, even though, you know, there's not really anything that's a normal family. Um, my parents are divorced, so I live in two different households. I primarily live with my mom and stepdad. Um, and I have a sister who is two minutes younger than me. And occasionally I'll visit my dad's house and stepmom. So I kind of just go between both the houses. Um, although I'm only two minutes older than my sister, I'm still kind of expected and looked upon as an older brother, or older figure. So often I'm relied on to kind of give advice to my sister and, and, you know, help her out because, you know, I guess that's what a big brother should do. Um, so that's kind of the way my family runs. Um, me just looking out for her and uh, trying to figure out how to split times between both households and make that work. Thanks for that, Matt. Lovely to hear. Uh, anybody else? I guess I can go. So, uh, like Matt, my parents are also divorced. Um, I don't go visit my dad. I don't talk to him that much, but I stay with my mom and my stepdad um, when I'm home from school. Um, and my family, they're, they're interesting. Um, gotta love them, but they're very interesting. Um, they're very supportive. I'll thank God for that. Um, but yeah, so every like every goal I have, they uh, make it their um their best to push me to um fulfill them, even when I don't want to do it, uh, because life is kind of hard sometimes. But um they always push me to do my best. Um and it's funny because my stepdad, we were talking about like after I graduate college and you know what I'm gonna do with my degree and at first, I wanted to open a business. Now, I really don't know if I'm going to do it because um, just for certain reasons. But he was like, I'm not going to let you use your gift, not use your gift and waste that you, you uh, paid all that money to go to school. Like, you have a gift. You need to use it. And I was like, um, I don't know. But he was like, I am not going to stop until you you fulfill all your dreams and your goals. So they're very supportive. And my mom's the same way. Um, but yeah. We love the support. Sounds like stepdad. Yeah, it sounds like he's yes. persistent. <laughs> <laughs> we can get into that a little later. Uh, Brianna, want to tell us a little bit about your family? Yeah, um, so my mom and dad are also divorced. But, um, so for the most part, I mean, right now I live with my mom and my grandma, but 
if anything, it's been me and my mom against the world for majority of my life. So honestly, in terms of her and only her being my family, I've never felt out of place because she's always supported me in the things that I wanted to do. And she always pushes me to do my best. And I do the same with her. So, um, but with my family as a whole, I can jump on <laughs> Deja's bandwagon. They're very interesting um, in all their own ways. And I just learned how to set them apart in a way. Like I know who's really there for me. And I also know who I just still need to love from a distance as Michael has stated, but I love them all in all their crazy ways. But um, yeah, that's, that's really it for me. <laughs> All right, cool, 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 cool. I guess I'll share something about my family. My family is also what we call que interesante. They're very interesting. Um, I am the only girl um, in my, I guess, immediate family. It's like a whole dad side thing, but that's... So I, my, my mom and my dad, they got divorced when I was 14-ish. Like 13, 14. Um, I have two brothers, and we're all four years apart, which is actually pretty cool. Um, my younger brother, he's 17 now. Homie, a little man, like, yeah. My older brother, like Michael said, yeah. <laughs> he's just, yeah. <laughs> I don't really know how else to explain it other than that. Um, but I guess the dynamic of my family is kind of my brother my older brother being the troublemaker me being the peacemaker and my younger brother being the nonchalant i don't really care what happens so, so um it's been it's been rough because as being the peacemaker you kind of encounter a bunch of problems that you often don't know how to solve because you were not the cause of it so that's straight up not a good time to be honest <laughs> So I guess that's where I get my knack for fixing things started from home. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I guess speaking of like habits you picked up from your family, what are a couple things that you learned uh, growing up that you still practice today or you don't practice today because it was either beneficial or detrimental to your life? Uh, yeah, so I guess I'll start off um, kind of on, I guess, a negative note. Um, so growing up, my family, um, you know, both both households were pretty religious. Um, and I, I guess the main problem that I've always had with that isn't religion. Um, it's about how they've tended to have a tendency, I guess, to force their beliefs on other people, whether it's forcing them to go to certain events or just bringing up awkward conversations about being saved and, you know, you're going to go to hell if you're not religious. Um, so just growing up like that and seeing how that's impacted um, not only me and my sister, but people around me, um, I've kind of learned just to accept people for who they are, um, not necessarily force or impose anything on them. I think regardless of your religious views, I think that if a person is interested, then they'd seek out information um, by themselves and it would almost deter them away 
from a religion if you're being very forceful about it. Um, so because of all my experiences growing up in, you know, with Christianity and religion, I've really made it an emphasis to not force any beliefs or values on people in my inner circle of friends and family or just people that I meet, meet on the street as well. Um, I don't think that necessarily can be, you know, limited to religion, but I just try to be more opening and, you know, accepting of people who might be different than I am. Acceptance is kind of a, a very important part. What's that like? Um, I think for me, it's um, something negative that I picked up from my family that I've been trying to break for a while is um, being able to express myself. Like when I was younger, I'm not sure if, I think this kind of ties into like my mom's childhood. So my mom is a my mom was an immigrant. She's a citizen now. Congratulations. Um, but I think for me, in my household, we were like pretty much. Um, I'll just give you guys a little breakdown. Um, my mom and my dad were originally together, and my dad was kind of used too much towards my mom or whatever it was. So we ended up um, splitting. We lived in a shelter for a little bit, and then we finally got a house in Brooklyn. And my mom pretty much had to be everything we needed her to be at all times. So um, most of the time, it was just like, if something was wrong or something was going on, we didn't really have time to address that. We had time. We just had to get shit done at the end of the day. Um, So I wasn't allowed to have an opinion. I wasn't allowed to um, express how I feel about certain things. Like, you know, obviously, like, if you fall with something like that, you have a right to cry. But, like, if my mom didn't really feel like it was that serious in that moment, then I wasn't really allowed to, like, express it. So I think because of that, I internalized a lot of my emotions and that messed up how I was as a younger person. Um, I wasn't the most, uh, I didn't really care about a lot of things. I was very nonchalant. And um, that affects my relationships with people. That affected my relationship with my family. And that affected my relationship with myself. Um, Because I didn't really know who I was. I didn't know what I was capable of. And I didn't know, um, I didn't even have like a sense of like self. So I guess now, as a older person, I'm, I look back at a lot of like the things that I've learned or the things, the experiences that I've gone through, um, as a kid. And I'd be like, damn, I really wish I was able to like express how I felt about it. Or I was able to at least feel those emotions. Um, because I feel like maybe as an older person, um, I would be, I would have like a better head on my shoulders. I feel like I'm pretty good right now, but I feel like I would have had a better head on my shoulders, um, currently. Yeah. But I guess something positive I got from that is I guess I don't dwell on things too much. Um, I kind of just I have like this at this attitude where it's like shit happens and you kind of just got to go through it and time doesn't stop for anyone. You kind of just got to do what you got to do. Um, so even when I'm sad, even when I'm upset or whatever it is, I'd be like, damn, I got to I got to buckle down and really do what I got to do or else. I don't know. I don't know what I, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's not going to be too good. It's good that you became really self-aware about those things. I think that's something that 
being away from family can help you um, live. There was a, a quote that Lucius Lyon, I know it's super corny from Empire, um, said it was like in one of his songs, he was like, it's hard to see the frame when you're in the picture. So I think being away from your family and being out of that environment better helps you understand who it is you want to or don't want to be. So kudos to you for being self-aware. Um, And I, I guess I want to just add on to what you just said. And like, I agree. Um, I think me definitely going away for college, even though I don't feel like I was ready for it, um, me being able to be around certain people or I guess see, I guess see or hear um, multiple people's like, experiences and like how they lived has definitely been like an eye opener to the type of person that I want to become um, or the type of person that I want to be eventually in the future. Um, but yeah, like I really agree with you, what you just said. And I'm watching Empire now. This show is fire. I'm not gonna lie. I'm really late to it. Um, I guess the thing like uh I guess people are gonna do like negative things. Um, definitely like not being as judgmental. Um my family can be a bit judgmental and um like I used to be like that when I was younger because that's all I saw growing up. But as I got older, I was like, you know, you can't judge everyone. Everybody's different, you know. Not everyone's not perfect. No one's perfect, um, including me. So how am I going to judge someone else if I'm not perfect? Um, so now I don't judge people. If you know me, I you know I don't judge people. I try to see like the best in people. Um, and all that jazz. Um, and I guess another thing that is kind of negative too is um, being able to let people in. Um, it's hard for me, and I'm gonna like share personal information. But when I was eight, the reason my parents separated is because my dad touched my sister. And for a long time, can you guys hear me? Okay. For a long time, um, I had a hard time letting like people and especially like men because I was nervous that it would happen to me um but as I got older and like the people I surrounded myself with um like my closest friends even my mom because my mom was really supportive about the situation she was like not every person not every guy is gonna you know treat you bad and I guess that helped a lot um and now it's a little easier to let people in um so yeah, I still hold up. I still keep a guard up, but I'm getting better. So that's that. I'm glad to hear you're getting better. You know, it's hard to stick it out through things like that, but keeping your head up and doing what you gotta do. Proud of you, girl. Um, oh. I I just want to say congratulations. Um, be as strong as you are now. Like I met you in person. Like so, I know you're a strong person, strong individual, very bubbly, great person. Um, for you to have experienced something like that, um, or seen some, seeing someone experience something like that and still be able to be very, like, loving and approachable, um, I commend you, so. Thanks. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I was initially going to respond to, um, Michael and, and, you know, what he was saying, but this, this really does kind of tie into everything we've been talking about. Um, so I know the main um, message that I that I saw when you you did the uh, Instagram story was how do we break free of these practices and how do you know how can we create new ones for ourselves? Um, 
I don't, I think I can't stress in how important it is to um, just kind of realize that the situation you're in is not ideal. You know, it's, it's, it can be toxic and, you know, it's not, it's not where you want to be. Um, obviously what, what Deja was saying, um, that's a lot, that's a pretty um, strong example, but regardless of the severity of abuse, um, without realizing what's going on, there's not, we don't really have an opportunity to change. Um, I, I think it's great that you guys are all using these experiences to change for the better and realizing that, you know, these are negative things and they can motivate you to change for the better. And that way there won't be a cycle of um, abuse, whether it's physical, emotional, mental, and it can kind of be pushing you forward to not only better yourself, but others around you because you've gone through these experiences of toxicity within a family. So if you have a family in the future or, you know, if you're just having more friends that you're talking to, um, you can really work on yourself and make sure you're not doing any of these things that, you know, you've been you've been wanting to get out of for so long. Um, I 100% agree with what Matt said, but um, just to tie back into the question that you had asked before, I think one of the main things that I've learned from my family is that just because of the fact that you're related by blood doesn't mean that they're family all the time. And <laughs> I only say that because it's like I've had time and time again where I've had friends that will come to me in an instant and like the family that I feel like should be my family doesn't even think to check up on me, don't really think about me, but I'm always like giving my hand out, giving, 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 but don't give anything, but don't get anything back. So sometimes even though you're related by blood, that's all that is. You're just related by blood. You're not necessarily a family. So, and I think another thing is just um, being neutral um, because of the fact that Sometimes people are like, I'm your family. You should believe me, blah, 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 this and the third. And I'm like, that's not how I work. That's not how I work. My brain doesn't work that way. So it's like, I don't know. I had a situation where one of my, well, it was my dad. Um, he was saying how, well, with the girl that I was best friends with for a while, he definitely did not like her in any way, shape or form. But at the time she was always there for me. So I'm like, every time he would like complain to me about her, I'm like, I don't understand what the issue is. And you're acting like a child right now. So, cause you don't like another child that's supposed to be my friend. Like, how does that sound coming from a grown ass man? I just don't get it. But I'm like, just in that position, I'm like, just because you're my dad doesn't automatically make you, make me believe everything that you're saying. I'm not gonna just, automatically take your word and not hear her out with anything that's going on so just wanted to add that in this is true blood might be thicker than water but so is syrup so that doesn't mean anything to me if you don't act like a family member nah <laughs> hit the bricks 
we out. Get him out of here. Exactly. <laughs> you know, you you should put yourself first. It doesn't matter if, you know, just because you gave birth to me or you had a minuscule, you know, addition to my existence. That doesn't mean that we family. It just means you have some strangers that I grew up with and we a little close because <laughs> so either act your role or get out of my face. That's, that's my new philosophy. What's up, Matt? Yeah, I just wanted to add something brief to that. Um, yeah, it's. I just want to say to you know whoever is listening to this that just because you're like you were saying, just because you're related by blood, you know, you're not obligated to have a constant and strong relationship with them. Uh, myself included, one of the reasons why. Um, I had such a constant and consistent relationship with my dad, even though it wasn't healthy, is because there is this constant guilt trip, not just from him, but almost from myself that, you know, I'm I am his child. I'm related to him by blood. So I have to have some sort of relationship to me. And if I don't, it's a bad thing. So I think you just got to focus on yourself as a person and not have that as a as a guilt trip but to keep in mind that you are an individual person and if it's hurting you then you have every right to get out of that relationship or just talk to somebody about what's going on talk to him let him know this is 100 percent facts uh what's up mike um i can't agree anymore with what matthew just said Um, like that's exactly how it was for me. Um, I don't have, well, I didn't have the best relationship with my dad. My dad has like let me down countless amounts of time throughout my life. Um, and I think just as like a young man, um, you would love to have a relationship with your dad. I think everyone wants to have a good relationship with the people that brought them into, um, the world and stuff. But I learned at a really, really, um, young age not to take everybody's words, um, for uh, what was the word like face value I guess um not everything that someone says is going to be true not everything that someone promises you is you know for sure um and you kind of just need to learn how to match energy um just like how Brianna said just like how Layla said when it comes to your family um friends anyone just because they're there for you one moment you know, like you kind of need to just you kind of need to just surround yourself with people that you know you know are going to be um, there for you as much as you're going to be there for them. You know that they're going to match the same energy that you are giving out, pretty much. Um, and it may not work when you're younger. It may not work now. Maybe when when you get older, maybe as they get older, they start to realize that they have um, things that can be seen as toxic. Maybe they get the help that they need to finally come to that realization. Maybe they don't. You know, that's not up to you. You're, the only thing that you have to focus on is your own happiness and how you want the the type of people that you want around you and i think that's pretty much it but um yeah (laughs) so i guess to go back to the initial question about things that we practice or no longer practice due to negative or positive familial influence um i guess when i was younger um i i guess i was more emotional than i am now like Right now, it's kind of like, eh, you know, whenever you feel, you feel. Whenever you don't, you don't. But I think what I had to, I guess, unlearn was being 
impulsively emotional. And when I say that, I mean reacting to everything, um, like with whatever it is you're feeling, instead of sitting in it for a second to think about how you're feeling. I don't know if that made sense. But like, okay, for example, so this is going to get a little sad, just a little trigger warning for y'all and the listeners. So I was sexually assaulted a couple years ago here. And um, when I told my parents about it, their reaction, you would think that they're like, no, that's my baby. Why would they do that? Absolutely not. It was completely opposite. Like, oh, why did you let him in? And what was he supposed to do? That one was my dad. And I think the thing that broke me most was you're a psych major. So how come you didn't see this coming? That <laughs> I don't think that's what psychology is. Being a psych major doesn't make me psychic. It means I understand people. And in that moment, what I was doing was not leading him on. And I don't know how else to explain it. You know, it doesn't really. Well, I guess it still kind of bothers me because, you know, if you're my mom, why would you say something like that? And then I brought it up to her a little while ago in conversation. And she said she didn't remember saying that. And I probably took it the wrong way. And I'm like, if I were to say that to anybody else who had just gone through what I just went through or worse, how do you expect them to react? I don't, I don't know. So I think that, I guess that was more recent, but that made me realize that family doesn't always need to be your backbone, one. And two, um, simply because you're feeling angry about something that happened to somebody else doesn't mean that you get to take that anger out on that person. Because I was already angry with myself. You know, I was blaming myself and telling myself like, yo, I did all the wrong things. Like, I should not have done this. I should not have done that. But your family, who was supposed to be, you know, oh, yeah, blood and we're close. And, yeah, you can count on me. Interesting. Interesting indeed. Yeah, I was supposed to count on you. But then you were. (laughs) Yeah. okay. So, (laughs) yeah, exactly. It is how negative cycles start. And then people start to internalize those behaviors and believe that that's how you're supposed to react in situations. So I guess after that, I did, like Deja was saying, I also had trouble uh, interacting with men in general, because uh, all my life I kind of grew up believing that people would always be afraid of me. I don't know why. I'd never done anything to be scared. But like in high school, middle school, people looked at me and they were afraid for whatever reason. Like, I don't know if it's because I was like bigger, you know, I look intimidating, whatever. But people were always afraid. So I was like, mm, I'd never have to worry about that. And I was wrong. It can't happen to anyone. And I guess it only matters how you move forward from that. But um, I guess what I'm my point is that family isn't the end all be all. Um, Sometimes you have to be your own superhero (laughs) Um, and have friends like Michael who is there to help me get through that. So I appreciate you. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Being impulsively emotional and having an unsupportive family kind of didn't help my case in that and I guess being where they come from like because my dad is from Africa and my mom is from Jamaica those are entirely different worlds from America so I guess in their case they would deal with that differently or 
it wasn't supposed to happen to me. I don't know. I don't know what they're. I'm just trying to rationalize it so that I understand where they were trying to come from. But that's not my job. Not my job to rationalize what they're thinking. My job is to deal with this in the moment, do what I got to do to be better. You know. But yeah. <laughs> Sad story over. <laughs> uh, thanks for sharing that. Um, and I'm oh my god, because I feel I feel bad. Like I feel like me changing the subject is kind of like pushing away your story. You know, you know I love you, man. Um, but like as like when I was younger too, um, I had to like that's something I used to think about all the time because like both of my parents are immigrants, and like um I didn't find out until I was like older that like my mom's dad and like their household was very similar if not worse um like my my grandfather used to beat my mom for anything like literally anything if she didn't have her shoes tied properly if she didn't look proper if she wasn't acting girly um he was just a very terrible person towards um my mom and my aunts um even my grandmother like he beat my grandmother blind in one of her eyes um so I think a lot of the things that like my mom experienced as as a younger person, she, again, like she didn't, she most likely she didn't want to like um, push those things onto us. But like, I think you only know what you know, like, if that makes sense. Like, you know, they, our parents always say that like um, parenting doesn't come with a guidebook, but I feel like, you know, as a kid, when you experience all these things, you know that when, if you have a family, when you have a family, if what, whether it's planned or not planned or whatever it is, you don't want to have your kids experience the same hardships, the same emotions, the same mental stress that um you experiences you experienced as a kid. Um, and I feel like when now me and my me and my mom's our relationship is amazing. Um. When I was younger, though, no, I did not really like talking to her. Um, I just feel like I felt like it was like talking to a brick wall. And I think because I think my mom still had the mentality of being in Trinidad, even though she was in America. Like, I feel like and I don't know if this is going to make me sound ignorant. I, I, I guess it's like an immigrant mentality or like they come to America, you know, it's like um, this is supposed to be a place of new opportunities and all that, but I think they really only focus on the advantages that they can get through like jobs, but they don't get the, they don't understand the advantages they can get from like not having to live in harsher environments, not having to survive all the time. They're, they're not in survival mode all the time. They can actually like chill and learn more about themselves and learn more about the cultures and the different people that are around them and learn that there's other ways to expressing yourself instead of being physical um and that there are other outlets out there you know so yeah yeah that's that's a fact um one thing that i wanted to add to that hold on let's see what matt wrote Absolutely. If you're not exposed to anything different, you accept abusive situations as normal, even when they're not. That's a fact. Um, And that also goes into how you were saying how negative cycles start, because they believe that that's how they're supposed to be treated. So they treat their children the same way until their child realizes, like, this is not okay, and breaks that cycle, which is incredibly difficult, especially if you're really close with your family because you don't want to disappoint them or alienate them. But you need to do what's best for you. You know what I mean? Um, One thing I wanted to add was, since we were talking about all these negative things, (laughs) I kind of wanted to throw in a dash of positivity, um, of 
something I learned from my dad. Well, I guess it's positive slash negative. I don't know. Dealer's choice, whatever you guys uh, think it is. So um, ever since, I don't even know, like maybe I was 12 or something like that, my dad always taught me how to be um, independent. Like, don't depend on anybody. Everybody will let you down, blah, blah, blah. So I internalized that, and in turn now, I don't don't like to (laughs) go to anybody for anything unless it's the absolute last resort. Like, I've exhausted all my options. I have no other choice but to ask for help. And it's come to a point where sometimes when I ask for help, I feel guilty, which I know it's not wrong to ask for help because as humans, we all need help sometimes. But um, I think... Me being independent has taught me that I don't want to be like my dad because he's always taught me to be independent. And I think because he taught me to be independent, he thought it was okay to not step into his dad role, if that makes sense. Like, don't depend on me because I'm going to let you down. You know what I mean? That's kind of how I internalized it to be because he kind of just says hi once in a while because they're divorced and they don't live together anymore. And that's supposed to be like, yeah, dad of the year. It's like, I still love you. You're still my dad. So, you know, I'm sure you're still a great guy, but that's not what being a dad is. You need to be there for your child and actually engage with your child to make sure they're actually doing what it is they're doing and being okay, being alive, okay. And if they need you, they can come to you. You know what I mean? And it's not like I'm a needy child either. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm more so like the therapist of my family. Everybody comes to me with their problems and I got to come up with wonderful and kind of temporary solutions because I have absolutely no idea how. <laughs> yes, definitely the mom of the friend group. That's I don't like to be because it kind of makes you a bummer to be around, but also, you know, responsible. <sighs> but yeah, dads, am I right? Such a great dog. <laughs> Um, yeah, I just, it's, it's really cool that I've been able to relate to a lot of what you guys are saying, um, despite from being very different, you know, very different background. Um, me personally, I can completely relate to, um, almost feeling like, um, very upset or disgraceful for even needing or wanting to ask for help help because there's that level of um you know you you the world's tough you can't rely on anybody other than yourself um so as a result that's that's kind of led to me um being reluctant or almost feeling ashamed to ask you know to ask for help for even the most basic things um i I know michael even being an ra um, last semester i experienced that with him and the rest of the staff um but once you can start to rely on, you know, friends or people that, you know, can help you, uh, I found that it really improves your life. And, you know, you can really tackle whatever comes your way because, you know, people have your back. And it's not a bad thing to just ask for help or, you know, tell somebody if something's going wrong. Yeah, that's a that's a fact. Um I guess over time it gets easier to ask because you realize no one's going to be mad at you. Well, not everyone is going to be mad at you for asking for help. Um, And if they are upset, that's usually a them problem. So it becomes, I guess, your responsibility to seek 
that feeling within you and understand where it came from and why you're still feeling that way and then nip it in the bud <laughs> you know because it's not it's not shameful to ask for help it's not weak to ask for help it's not it might feel vulnerable because you're used to doing everything by yourself but that's why it feels vulnerable it's because you're doing everything by yourself so it's okay you know who saw people people are here to help it's okay. uh i don't uh brianna what's up yeah, I'm really happy that you said that because I'm like, I've also grown up in a background where I'm extremely independent. Um, guaranteed, I did rely on my mom for a lot of stuff, but she also taught me that you can't always rely on other people. So it's like, I guess I'll, I took that extremely literal to the point where even when people offered me something, I'm like, no, I'm OK. I don't I don't want to just leave me alone. So I got I guess I had to learn how to. I had to learn how to um, let people do what they offer, but it's like at the same time, I still feel weird about it because I'm like nine times out of 10, people don't offer me anything. So when they do, I'm still like, no, I'm, I'm okay. I don't, I don't, I'm okay. I'm good. <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted to add that on. Yeah, I get that. It's it's not a it's not an easy road to get past. But when people do offer, I kind of like to take them up on it. And if they act adversely or they're like surprised that I'm um, asked, like, I guess, taking them up on their offer, then I'm like, hmm, so you weren't asking to help me. You were asking to see if I was going to say yes. Hmm, interesting. Now you have to help me because you offered. <laughs> You're lost. <laughs> but go ahead, Mike. Um, I guess I want to like piggyback off what you were saying earlier when it comes to like um, a father not wanting to step into his role, his role due to like independence, I guess. Um, so I think growing up, I've always, I never understood why my dad was the way he was towards me. My dad was never been like physically abusive towards me ever. Like he's never hit me. He's never raised a hand. He's never even tried to raise a hand against me or any of my siblings, just like the moms. Um, but I think I never really understood why it's like my dad is really weird. Like he gets upset at things that I guess are very serious to him or he feels like people don't understand him because he he always things that he's viewed one way. Um, so I didn't, I guess like, so like a couple of weeks ago, I hung out with my dad for his birthday for the first time like ever in my life. Um, I've never really had good encounters with my dad, but that was like the best one I've ever had. Um, I learned about him um, until I'm 21 right now. And that was the first time I've learned something about my dad other than me and him sharing the same name. Um, and through him, like, telling me about his childhood and telling me about his interactions and stuff like that, I was really sitting there like, hmm, this probably, this explains why he, he talks to us the way he talks to us. This explains the way, um, the reason why he gets mad about certain things, um, because even his own parents were terrible towards him. And um, it really messed up, I guess, his view on the world and his view on relationships, Um I think my dad is very loving. I don't think he knows how to love. I think he's very passionate about things, but he doesn't know how to express it in a way that doesn't come off as 
anger or aggression and through me like really taking time and sitting with him and asking those difficult questions that um I guess most people don't like to have with their parents um that I'm willing to have with my parents I was able to like learn more about him and learn more about myself and um I think right now I'm ready to have a good relationship with him but if it doesn't happen I'm fine because I've been good for 21 years 20 20 years whatever how long it's been um and right now I'm kind of just waiting for him to step up. I don't feel like it's it's my turn to do that. I've been trying to do that all my life. So, um, yeah, I, I guess. And I think because of like all the dumb shit that I've been dealing with between my mom and my dad, it's made me, I think that's why I'm very distant from my family. Um, because it's not like I don't love them and it's not like I don't want to be around them. It's just, I think I'm so used to them kind of letting me down or pushing my feelings aside, or like in my main household, I was kind of pushed to the bottom where I was kind of like bullied by my older brother and then my little sister loved me as a little kid, but then she got into her teenage years and just followed my older brother. And then my mom sees that it's happening and doesn't really say anything. So I just isolated myself. And in order for me to like not deal with that, I just stayed out outside of my house. So I was always working like from 16. Actually, look, I've been working since I was 16, just trying to do everything. Um, and I think when I was younger, I was like, oh, I'm just working because I want to like save money. But I wasn't working for that reason. I was just working to get out of a top. I felt what I felt like was a toxic household. And now like I'm fine with all my siblings. I've expressed to them like the ways that they've hurt, that they've hurt me over like, um, the past couple of years, even to my mom, like, and she apologized, they all apologized and everything like that. But I've let them know, like, I don't think my relationship with them is ever really going to change. Like, I kind of know where they are um, in my life. Like, I love them and everything like that, but I don't hold them to, um, I guess, high standards or I don't hold them high in, in value when it comes to my life. Um, not to say, like, if something happened to them, I wouldn't be upset or anything like that because, you know, they're your family. But, like, they're kind of like the last people I would reach out to or anything. And it really affects my mom. My mom does not like it at all because she feels like, oh, like I brought you into this world. Why would you not want to talk to me? Or like, why would you not want to like hang out with me? Or why would you like, whenever I go back to the city, I, I don't tell anyone. I just, I pop up when I pop up and I leave when I leave. And when I'm there, I'm not there for, for I'm, I, I'm probably in my house only when I have to sleep. Like, I go in, I say, hi, what's up? How we doing? I see if anybody wants to do anything. They don't want to do nothing. All right, cool. I'm not going to sit here and be bored. I'm not going to sit here and be annoyed. I'm not going to sit in here and have them, I don't know, ask me for something. And then I try to do it. And then they try to talk talk down on, like, my actions or something like that or make me feel bad. Because I've literally had my mom say this one time, like, I'm a culinary student, duh. So I know how to cook things. I know certain um, steps on the proper way to go about things. And it's like when I came home my freshman year and my mom was always asking me to cook and stuff like that. My mom would be sitting there in the kitchen like, oh, that's not how you do this. And that's not how you do that. And I'm like, sis, you don't know anything. Like for the longest period of time, you probably thought you were your, you were, you probably thought you were the best cook and you're not, you're just not, I'm sorry. And I'm not going to have you like, sitting here and being like, oh, because you're in college, you probably think you're better than everyone. No, it's just, I know a little bit more. I, I'm more knowledgeable on the thing that I'm studying. So trust me on that, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, now we're good. Again, now we're good. 
Um, and everyone in my family knows I'm very like, um, what's the word? Blunt. And I tell how it is. So if I have a problem with you, I'll tell you. If you come at me sideways and I feel some type of way about it, you'll you'll know. You'll definitely know. Um, cause I don't really like taking bullshit from anybody. That's it. That's fair. I just wanted to add a little <clears throat> comment, I guess, that I think it's important to realize that family relationships often go through phases. It's not always great, not nor is it always bad, you know? It's okay if like one month you're you guys are doing great and then a little spat happens and then the relationship is kinda questionable you know it's not a be-all end-all you know simply because you're having one fight or one argument or one disagreement doesn't mean you need to you know alienate them entirely but everybody has their own coping mechanism so if that's what makes you feel better and that's how you live your life then you go ahead but it might be more beneficial like michael said to deal with things before they get worse instead of waiting for the other person to apologize or the other person to come to you because nine times out of ten they're waiting for you to come <laughs> and apologize to them so if you come not necessarily with an apology but if you're like all right so this is the issue what are we going to do about it then you could solve it that way instead of like oh you see each other and it's awkward or you know just put dipping your toe in. No, just deal with it then, and you don't have to deal with it later, you know? But uh, what's up, Brianna? I just wanted to commend Michael for being able to speak to his family and get that type of closure, because a lot of people are not able to do that. But um, I can definitely fall in line when it comes to saying that I don't have the greatest relationship with my dad. Um. And I would say it's more so mentally and emotionally abusive because it's like I feel like he's always wanted me to pull all this weight in the relationship. But I'm like, what you don't understand is reciprocity. And I don't like that because I'm like, I'm not going. It's he doesn't realize how much of a burden it can be when you're the only person that's trying to make things work. I should say that because he is remarried, but she does everything for him. And I'm like, so you're just still not learning that this isn't what a real relationship is. And I feel like it still bothers him that we always talk, 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 talk about making an agreement. And I still don't stick to it. And I'm like, that's because you don't stick to it either. So what do I, why do I have to do something if you don't try to do anything? So, so with him, it's like, I don't know. He's just this very flashy person. He seeks validation from a lot of people, but I still feel like it bothers him that he doesn't get that validation from me. And I'm like, you're just going to have to live with that because <laughs> because I don't. I don't know. I just I've lived to not seek validation from everyone. So if you're one of those people that I have to love from a distance, I am I'm a OK with doing that. If anything, that'll lift so much stress off of my shoulders because you're just not doing anything for me. If you're not investing anything to make to see the growth in your investment, why should I invest anything if I won't see any growth on my side of the investment? So it's like, I don't know. He's just stuck in his ways and guaranteed. I know he hasn't had the best relationship with his father either, but I'm like, that also doesn't validate all that you're doing now. And because you're not even putting a foot forward to even try 
when I've tried time and time again and it does not work. Whether it's calling or texting, FaceTiming, whatever the case may be, you've never set that set that standard, I should say, as a father figure or a father in general. This is true. And I think a lot of people have that issue with dads. I don't know. I don't, I don't understand why it is that way, especially with dads. Um, I think a lot of dads think like their contribution is bring helping, helping, bringing you into this world. And then it's like, all right, well, there's your mom. Goodbye. And then pop in and out just so that they remain relevant in your life to some extent. But it's like, don't do that. That's like, I don't really believe in closure, but for the sake of this discussion you know it's like getting closure off a bad thing that happened and then once you're over it and you're you're having a great time that person comes back and like hey motherfucker no like i just that's not helpful (laughs) that's not helpful and it just has it makes you start the healing process all over again until they decide to pop right back in again and ruin that like what is your purpose what what was the reason like cardi b said what was the reason I don't get it. Just be a dad or don't be a dad. But this dipping your toe in the water thing has got to stop. We don't got time for that. Um, I definitely agree with all you guys. I and mean, then just like sitting here listening. Um, I definitely don't have the best relationship with my dad. Um, I tried for years to like, you know, be like, oh, I'll be the bigger person. You know, I'll do this and do that. And to not get it in return kind of bothered me. And um. I always like to use the metaphor like, you know, you can, you know, you can be in a relationship, but it won't work like a car. It won't work unless you put gas in it. So if I'm the only one putting like working to this relationship and putting gas, it's not like the car is not going to go anywhere. And both of us need to like, you know, do something. Um, And that goes with not just like, you know your significant other but it goes with like parents friends family like I can't be the only one trying to make this work you want to make it work you need to work so um I definitely feel that way and try to tell him that and you know people are in their ways and I'm like well I guess I'm gonna have to love you from a distance like Brianna said because I can't like I'm already stressed this not working it's not it's just not so I'm gonna do both of us a favor and I'm gonna let you be you and when you're ready to be an adult and you know put the work in hit my line until then keep walking thank you girl you better talk your shit you better talk your shit I'm just that's what I I like to hear Uh uh-huh talk your shit bro facts you said hit my line what are you talking about my fault my fault um, what I was gonna say <laughs> before you just started going off just now, because that was amazing. Um, I guess I kind of wanted to like. I think someone said they don't understand like why dads do that, and I I think it even though this sounds like so stupid, I think it's just because like our parents' generation, like the way that they were brought up is just like the men were the, the breadwinners. They were the people that just went to work and did what they had to do, and the women were the people that had to just take care of the children. And I still, I think that's bullshit because at the end of the day, I just feel like as a father, you go and work and everything. You come home, you're going to want to be around your kids. You're going to want to talk to them. How was your day? How's everything going? Yes, you're going to be tired. 
duh. Like, you, you're working a long-ass job. And I understand that. But, like, I feel like as a father, like, you would want to build some type of relationship with your kid. Like, you, you would, like, besides spreading your seed, you want to see them, like, grow into the, the whatever they grow into. Like, you want to play a part in that in some way, shape, or form. That's just, I think, how my mind works. Um, so, like, I know, like, in, again, like, in my case with my dad, it was like that. Like, my dad was the person that was working. My mom was an immigrant. My dad had his citizenship at that point in time. Um, my mom was with him at first um, due to, like, green card, but she grew she grew love for him. Like, she honestly did. And he loved her a lot. He really did. Um, but like I said earlier, he doesn't know how to love people properly. Um, and whether that's due to his own upbringing, whether that's due to him not knowing the type of person he is or himself, um, it doesn't make it right. But I do feel like fathers in our older in older generations definitely didn't have um, much of a role inside of their own families other than being the person with the money or the person that has to work their butt off to keep the family kind of afloat. And due to that, it's it's kind of like made a lot of the children who've grown up in that era or grown up in that um, situation kind of just not be reliant on their fathers or their fathers are really absent in their lives. <sighs> Facts. This is kind of a downer episode for dads, but it's honest, you know, and I, I respect that 100%. You know, it's kind of, it just is what it is. And I wish it were different. And uh, Matt said in the chat that that's what previous generations have normalized. And that's a fact. And I don't, I don't like it at all because the woman was not the only person it takes two to tango you feel me like she was not the only person who made this child happen so therefore she should not be the only person taking care of this child that's just not how this works simply because what she's female like what what does that mean having a vagina automatically makes you a child bearer i don't i don't want any children so what am i just i'm a unicorn yeah i'm just none i'm nothing but I guess um, it makes I guess it makes sense, especially like in um, Caribbean countries like my mom is from Jamaica. And when the last time I visited it, it made my head hurt because I had to go there. First of all, because I was like one of the only girls in the house, I had to be the one to cook. First of all, if I don't live there, why am I cooking every single day for eight plus people? And there is never not one day was there ever any leftovers, not one. And I had to be the one to go in the kitchen and cook. DK, oh yeah, you're a girl. And and my brother's brother came in. I guess he's technically my cousin on some level. I don't know, whatever. So <laughs> he came to you know my great aunt's house and said that him and my brother were gonna go to church. So he was like, oh, why don't I make him some breakfast? If you want him to eat so bad, why don't you make him some breakfast? Like. I have never made my brother breakfast a day in my life, and I'm not about to start now. He is, he was like 20 or something like that at the time. Like, he should be making me breakfast. I am his little sister. What? <laughs> what? But he was like, oh, that, you know, usually the females are the one in the kitchen. Well, it's not usually. This is not usually. Nope. I refuse. I'm not doing it. Like, you want him to eat so bad? Go ahead. You know where everything is. Go ahead, make him suck. 
I just hate these gender roles, you know, and all that. Girls are supposed to do this and boys are supposed to do this. Like, no, no, we're not. No, I refuse. Now what? Oh, speaking of gender roles, that <laughs> heavy on, we're not in 1920, we're in 2020. Like, we don't got time for this. Expand your mind, you know? But speaking of gender roles, uh, my family is incredibly, incredibly, huh, they are very for gender roles. Like, girls are supposed to do things that girls are supposed to do, and boys are supposed to do things boys are supposed to do. Like, if, say, for example, when I was younger, I wanted, like, Batman instead of Barbie or something. I never liked dolls in general, but for the sake of argument, <laughs> that's what I wanted. I was not allowed to get Batman. I had to get Barbie because that's what girls were supposed to play with. So that's what they wanted. Like even before I came to college, sorry, this is like a whole new story. But even before I went to college, um, my grandparents had the audacity to have a whole like a little pep talk with me or whatever pep in quotes that I should change the way that I dress because and not talk to any lesbians because if I talk to them they might think I'm one and then I'm just sitting here like bitch I might be and I'm like I don't <laughs> like I don't care I, I just I'm sitting here looking at them like first of all if a lesbian comes to me and they are attracted to me I feel like that's the highest honor because like what do me? Me? What? Me? You know, like, it's just, it's, <laughs> right? Like, that's, that's like a high honor for me. And it's just, I don't understand why it's such a big deal to them if that's not the way they're living their life. If you have a problem with people who are attracted to the same gender, what does that have to do with you? Like, in what way does that affect your life? Oh, you don't want to see it? Close your eyes. Don't look. Turn around. Why are you even there? Like, I just, I don't like that. <laughs> and I've never liked that. Like, every time my mom makes a comment about someone on the street or my dad makes a comment about someone on the street, like, oh, they look like they're on the other side of the fence or, oh, I don't want you to grow up to be like that. I'm like, ooh, honey, it's a little too late. <laughs> but we don't care because we're breaking these roles. We don't care. Like, if you don't, if you're going to disown me and say I'm not your daughter anymore, fine. That's okay. Like, oh, I'm a cry. Oh, honey. Oh, no, I don't care. Like, <laughs> you were never my family if this is what breaks us apart. Me liking whoever I like. Me being with whoever I want to be with. Shit is weak. Like, Spongebob, what was it? Man, this guy stinks, you know? That's, that's how I feel. <laughs> having that conversation like who are y'all y'all not gonna decide anything for me absolutely not dk oh um do you have a boyfriend no good you shouldn't have one anyway it's not the right time Ooh, you're not asking the right question sweetie <laughs> let's really talk about it but you know whatever sure yeah it's not the right time mm -hmm. yep yeah go ahead huh. Sorry, <laughs> that was just the way of my brain <laughs> getting all that out. But in all seriousness, like I don't appreciate that black families, Caribbean families, like all that have such a huge problem with like gender roles and being so 
strong-minded about it. Like if a boy decides to go get his nails done, all of a sudden that makes him gay. Or if a girl decides that she likes to wear pants instead of skirts, all of a sudden, ooh, she might be. Mm. What? Mind your business. How about that? You know? Go ahead, Matt. All right. Yeah, I guess I had my hand up a split second before. Um, but I just wanted to add that, you know, people who have these views or tend to immediately judge somebody who's different, um, even though that person, if they're different, you know, race, sex, gender, and are in all technicalities a minority, um, I just think that says a lot about the majority of the people who, for whatever reason, just have some sort of hatred towards somebody that's different than them. It says a lot more about them than it says about you. Um, and I, I know, at least from my experience, um, being in an extremely um, white Christian traditional family that you know, once again, tying into the generational thing, um, it's it's so hard to break out of of cycles. And this, I guess, is, is a little bit of devil devil's advocate, but um, it doesn't. You know, it obviously doesn't excuse their behavior. But you know, because it's so hard to break out of a cycle, that's one of the reasons why some of the stuff has been continued to pass down and down from generation to generation. Because if you're not experienced as somebody different than you or something different, then it's a significantly lower chance for you to actually change and realize that something is bad. Um, so I guess that also kind of ties into closure and accepting people for who they are, you know, not agreeing with their views or values, because I most certainly disagree with my dad on everything from uh, race, gender, and sexuality to like his, the type of shirts he wears. But what I've personally found that has helped me kind of, um, you know, break out of this this cycle of a family dynamic that I really don't like being in is using that as a fuel to, you know, not be like that person and to accept people for who they are um, and, you know, just kind of say that, okay, well, as much as I would want them to change, they're probably not going to. So instead, I'm going to focus on changing myself rather than changing other people, because I think that's, that's almost what's the driving force behind of people forcing values on somebody else is that they're not radically accepting people who are different from them, even if they disagree with like their views or values. So I know there's a long discussion, but like, I just feel all that is like super important. And, you know, this conversation should just, you know, keep on happening between other people because, you know, if you're not hearing different viewpoints or stories, there's no way for a society to really change for the better if we don't have these conversations. 100% agree. And just to add on to what you just said, I, I also agree that it's not up to you or it's not your responsibility to go and try to change someone's mind. It's up to you to be yourself unapologetically and however they feel about that, whether it's good or bad, that's up to them. 
It has nothing to do with you because you're doing what you need to be doing and they need to mind their business. Straight like that. Go ahead, Deja. Um, I totally going back to what Layla said about like um like households, I think that goes for like every like most races. Um, especially like in my household, my mom is Hispanic. I know I don't look Hispanic. I don't even speak Spanish. Um, and she's always like, oh, she doesn't agree with, like, you know, dating the same sex and all that stuff. Personally, I really don't care if you're happy, the person makes you happy, do whatever you want. Um, but she's always like, oh, like, you know, I could never, you know, have a daughter that's, you know, dating the same sex. And I'm looking at her like, even though I'm not, I mean, I don't. I don't particularly like, you know, the same sex, but I feel like you shouldn't judge people. And even if I did, now it's harder to, like, let you know that I do. Um, so I definitely don't agree with, you know, judging people just because they like the same sex. What the hell? Like, the person makes you happy. Have fun. Do whatever you want. You are you. I am me. Um, but also, my dad is the same way, too my my biological dad he's from Antigua so like they they don't really like you know necessarily agree with dating the same sex either they have their opinions and I kind of don't agree with any of them like I said if it's supposed to make you happy do what you want to do don't judge them so yeah this is facts. It's just it's not up to another person to decide that for you. It's just I don't I don't get why that's such a hot topic for people. Just date who you want to date, be with who you want to be with. And you and that person, that's all that matters. Or those people, because you know, polyamory, we respect that too. Uh go ahead, Brianna. Yeah, I just wanted to say I found it like quite interesting that we actually got on to this topic of sexuality, because it's like as of recently. I came out to my mom, did not know how she was going to react, but I was like, I guess in the moment I was trusting my judgment only because of the fact that like we've grown to have a crazy close relationship. So I didn't think that something as small as this could like impact our relationship in such a negative way as other people have experienced with their parents. But um when I told her, I was like, I'm happy I did trust my judgment because I'm like telling my mom, I tell her everything. So keeping that away from her was like breaking my heart because it's like I tell this woman every single little thing that happens in my life. And for me not to tell her this, it's like not telling my best friend something. And it felt so weird. So when I was, well, for one thing, let's just say that she knows her daughter better than her daughter knows herself. I should say that because she was like, yeah, I already knew. I was like, Okay, um, <laughs> she was like, I was just waiting for you to say, like, come out and whatever, by the way, I'm bi. So um, when she said that, I was like, this woman did not just play me just now. That's fucking crazy to me. Um, but okay. So, but I definitely can say that I felt a release when I got to tell her. But it's like, I guess that's another thing that comes from like the family dynamic. My mom has taught me to accept people for who they are, their personal relationships or what they do with their body, with their hair, how they dress. That has nothing to do with who they are 
as a person. That has nothing to do with their character. It might add on to their character, but that's just not them as a whole. So she didn't want something as small as a relationship with someone else that could potentially be a girl or a guy, doesn't matter, to like ruin our relationship. And I'm like, I definitely appreciate for her, appreciate her having that mindset. Because when I was younger, I was like, well, she's brought me up in a way where I do accept people for who they are. There's no judgment here. I judge your actions rather than judge you based on who you are when I first meet you. Guaranteed. I'm no place. I have no place in this world to judge. It's not my place to do that. But yeah, I'm like, okay, cool. But that woman really played me. I love her though, but she played me. Moms, moms really do be knowing. This is true. That's crazy that you talked about moms because my mom just texted me. Wow. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think sexuality does have a lot to do with family dynamics, too. It kind of, we kind of was just all over the place with this conversation. I'm so glad that it was like a good episode, though, and you guys didn't really feel forced to talk. So thank you for that. But, um, yeah, as far as sexuality goes, yeah, my parents is not really with it, you know. No, it's not it. I mean, I tried, tried to be honest, you know, because I'm asexual. Didn't know if you knew that. That's, that was in one of the previous episodes. But also pan-romantic, so literally anybody. Doesn't really matter if you're a boy or a girl, neither or both. You know, anything in between. It <laughs> doesn't matter. Um, but I tried to explain that, but then she was like, no, you just haven't found the right person yet. And just make sure you end up with a boy. And I'm like, oh, this is not where I thought that was going to go. <laughs> okay. She's wallet. All right. <laughs> cool, cool. <laughs> like, cool, cool, cool. As long as, as long as I understand that I did my part. So if you don't want to accept that. I don't know what you want me to say. I tried to be honest with you. My dad, on the other hand, ooh, yeah, I'm not even going to bark up that tree. Unless I want to have a seven-hour lecture on why it's wrong and why he disagrees and why I disappointed him. I don't want to hear it. I don't. Like, if he finds out, he finds out. If he doesn't, he doesn't. That's fine. Doesn't matter to me. He should listen to these, and then he'll figure it out. <laughs> You know, I, I told my parents about this, too. So if they decided to listen, you know, that's a. Yes, it really would be a 12 hour episode. That's crazy. Like you've never met him, but it really would. He would sit here and have a whole bunch of stuff to say. Just like, sir, it's midnight. Can we go to sleep now? <laughs> oh, my gosh. But yeah, um, I think that was. That was only one question, and we had, like, so much to say about that, which is wonderful. But I think the other question that I had, what have you taught yourself as a result of negative family influence? Like, since parents and upbringing has such a strong role into who we are today, what's something that you had to teach yourself that your family didn't teach you? Something positive, I hope. I would say that something I taught myself is my quality of life is completely reliant on me and my decisions and also the type of people that I have around me. Um, and that is something that is in my power at all times. So whether they're family or not, whether they're friends or not, um, also like, it doesn't matter how long someone has been in your life for. 
Um, I feel like once something negative kind of presents themselves, if you try to have the conversation with them and let them know that, hey, you might not jive well with this or you don't like the way that you're treated from this person, whatever it is, and they don't make an attempt to fix it, um, or at least, you know, they acknowledge your emotions, then I'm sorry, you got to go. Got to (laughs) go. Because I'm just trying to be surrounded by people that make me happy and see the best for me, and that's it. Nobody else. Um, And if you can't fit in there, bye. You can get hit with the mask too, you feel me? I PSTed you. Um, I can definitely say that I've learned that there's no harm in trying, but don't overstress yourself after you tried that first attempt. Because I'm one of these people that I always thought that I needed to rely on people. I've always pushed people to be the best that they can be. But also I had to learn that if people don't want to solve the problem themselves, there's but so much I can do because I'm an external force. They have to deal with whatever they're going through internally before they can get that external help. So I just definitely had to learn to, I guess, not push people away, but I'm, I let them know for one time and one time only that I'm here, I'm available to you if you need that help, but I'm not going to run and chase you down and wear myself down to make sure that you're okay when you don't want to make sure that you're okay yourself. And I've learned that the hard way in many situations, but because it's, it was like mentally and emotionally draining on myself, but after experiencing it enough, I've definitely like reeled it back in for myself. Cause I'm like, this is just not it. I need to, I need to just take a few steps back and take my own advice and deal with whatever I'm going through for me before I try to seek that extra help or help anyone else. This is facts. This is facts. You matter more. I was saying that a bunch in the social media episode. You matter more. Because if you sit here worry about what other people got going and they're also worried about what they got going, who's worrying about you? You know, like you got to put yourself first. You matter more. I'm a harp on that. <laughs> well, go ahead, Matt. Uh, yeah, so I guess some of the ways in which I try to combat that um, kind of echo a lot of what Brianna was saying. Um, I, I can't stress enough how important it is to realize that it's not selfish to put yourself in front of a situation or, you know, family. Um you know, I, I was extremely passionate and I've repeated it over and over again that just because you're related by blood, that doesn't mean that you need to be guilt tripped or feel guilty for doing something for yourself, whether that's not seeing them as much, um, you know, maybe not maybe not talking to them on the phone as much. Um I think it's really important to just work on yourself however you can, because if you're not working on yourself, um, it's going to be even harder for you to break out of these family dynamic cycles. Um, And like I said, you can't necessarily change everybody as much as you would like to. Um, You can work on changing yourself, however. So 
if it comes to the point to where you have a family, whether, you know, that's with kids, no kids, a significant other, um, you can be the one to break that cycle and to recognize um, if you're doing something along the lines of what could be interpreted as a negative family dynamic. Um, because as much as I try to improve myself, there are times to where I do similar things that um, members of my family have done. You know, just just stuff like little things like picking out um, like pet peeves on people. Just just like the little stuff like that. I, I think you really need to work on focusing on yourself. Um, just realizing how hard it is to break out of a cycle and to just give yourself credit and surround people that will encourage you rather than bring you down. Facts. The people you, you surround yourself with definitely make you who you are. Um, you got anything, Deja? I do. Uh, something that I have um, like always told myself now is that um, I am more than enough, no matter what people think, you know, you are more than enough, no matter what you think, because sometimes it's hard to, you know, be like, well, you know, you know, I I'm enough when you're so like judgmental of yourself and, you know, you're your, you're your biggest critic. So like you might think, oh, no, I'm not, but just reminding yourself constantly, like I am, and also not blaming myself for things I can't change. I'm not a superwoman. I can't change everything in the world. As much as I want to, I can't. So I would tell myself that and I try to remind myself every day, even though some days I'm like, mm -mm, Deja, it ain't it. It ain't it. <laughs> but I try to do my best to remind myself um, and like just keeping the negative like energy away from me because that ain't it either. So yeah. And surrounding yourself with people that are positive. And that's on period. That's all motherfucking period. Talk to them. <laughs> um, I guess what I learned is that people who enjoy flattery over honesty are not people I want to be around. Um, because people who enjoy flattery are usually narcissists. Uh, well, enjoy flattery to an excessive amount. Um, and when you are friends with or you surround yourself with a narcissist, it becomes incredibly difficult and incredibly exhausting to be in general because they're feeding off your energy to thrive on it. And if somebody is feeding off your energy, then what you going to do? you be like a flag in the wind doing nothing. So I enjoy people who enjoy honesty as well as I do, because honesty isn't always bad, but it isn't always good either. But if you enjoy hearing the truth about things rather than having somebody walk around eggshells because they don't want to hurt your feelings, just don't, <laughs> don't worry about things at an emotional level all the time, because people who are being honest with you care more about you than they're letting on. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really like narcissists. I've met several and it becomes incredibly taxing and mentally draining when you have to co consistently feed their energy or feed their ego to the point where it's just like, 
all right, I'm done. And once they find another person to latch on to and to feed off their energy, it's like they forget all about you and whatever you've helped them with doesn't even matter anymore. So it's not worth, I guess, settling or going down to a person's level. Make them come to yours. Because why are you dumbing yourself down or selling yourself short for a person who can't appreciate all that you are? AF Amy. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a, a leech. And we don't we don't like that. We don't like blood sucking things. Ugh. So <laughs> um yeah, heavy on don't give it to that energy. It's not worth it. You you matter more, you know, you are enough. Facts. And yeah. This was like a wonderful episode. It's going to be very long. <laughs> I wish I could have put that warning in the beginning. But if you made it this far, thank you. Uh, we appreciate you listening in and hearing what we have to say. Uh, anybody have any last thoughts? Um, to anybody that has expressed anything that was deep this episode, you guys are great people. You guys have made it a long way and you will continuously be able to, you know, hit those. Oh, my God. You guys are just great people, man. Keep doing what makes you you. You feel me? Um, and, yeah, I think I honestly agree with you. This is a great episode. I was not expecting this to be too, this long either. But, like, it didn't feel like a chore. You know what I mean? It felt like a like a great conversation. Like, thank you, Matt, for popping in. Thank you, Dangerous. Um, thank you, Brianna. Thank you, Layla, for coming up with this entire podcast thing. Um, great idea. You know, I'm always going to be supportive of you. Um, but yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. This was definitely a good episode to be a part of. Yeah, I enjoyed myself. It was a great conversation. I learned a lot about all you guys. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys for being here. You know, um, it was a great conversation. Hopefully you guys will be in a future episode. Mm, question mark. Um, yeah. So if you're listening to this, like, subscribe, follow. We're literally everywhere. If you agree with anything you heard here, let us know. If you want to be on a future edi- episode, let us know. Please. <laughs> Um, we're always welcoming new voices because everybody has a different perspective and we want to hear what you guys got to say. Um, this is just supposed to be an outlet for everybody. So it doesn't matter who hears it, who doesn't hear it. We just want to hear you. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, (laughs) it's been great. Stay tuned for the next episode. Say goodbye to the people, y'all. Say goodbye to the people. Bye. Bye. Stay beautiful. No cap. Stay gorgeous. <laughs>